1: Welcome to the Thinker Girls pod channel. I am not Stacey June. I am in fact Christy Mercer. Old mate is not here. No, she actually is. She's sitting 30 seconds away from the microphone. Don't talk, it's mine. Ribbit. <laughs> no, um, I am here to welcome you to your summer. Whatever you're getting up to. Maybe you're taking a little break. Maybe you're working straight through. Whatever you are doing, hoping that you're loving your life. Sook, um, this is will be um, a bit of a collection, I suppose, of some of our fave chats, mine and Stacey's favourite chats, as well as yours from right across the year. Far out, we were reflecting the other day on the fact that 2018 has been a banger when it comes to the guests that we have had come through, not just our podcast channel, um, but also Stacey's house. It is a very um, personal space that her and her hubby Ben constantly open up to our guests, which is why I guess you'll always feel that um, sense of real openness actually sitting down having a chat and maybe hearing different bits and pieces from celebs and people that you follow online that you've never heard from before and that's something that we're mega proud of so hopefully you enjoy this with a bev or maybe not enjoy okay bye
2: Welcome to the Thinker Girls pod channel. I am Stacey June. And I am Christy Mercer. And we're really glad that you're here. Yes, welcome to the beginning of our week where we drop different shows on this pod channel each and every day. And today's episode is an interview that we've got mm-hmm. with Business Chicks
1: founder and author of Winging It, Emma Isaacs. Yeah, you would have seen, especially over the last couple of weeks, um, a lot on your Insta feed about Business Chicks. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't, if you didn't actually follow Business Chicks on Insta, you would have seen, no doubt, a lot of the... The chicks maybe that you follow on Instagram going to these events, talking about them. There's a real – there's been a real buzz around these events, especially over the last couple of years. The interesting thing I
2: think is it does seem to feed into your feeds and into your, I suppose, world at interesting times because it's – there is something within women that really offer that – Kind of loyal, intense word of mouth. So if you're in a particular place, I hadn't been to an event until recently, but I'm also working for myself, we're running a business, I'm starting a new project. So time wise, it really fitted with me to just go out and have a look at how people were doing things. And I I think that's where it's been so interesting because at every single point over the last few years, more and more women are coming out and wanting to work for themselves and, and really be empowered and inspired by other women doing the same thing. So Mm -hmm. it is interesting when you say, oh, that person's gone at this point or maybe last year this person was into it. And I think that's really reflective of of how organically – um, I suppose, entrepreneurialship and, and, and women in in, me, in not just media, but business is changing. Yeah,
1: it is a community for women um, in business. They do over 100 events annually. It's not just the few that you would have seen maybe pop up in, you know, the cap cities, as we were saying, that Stace went to over the last couple of weeks. Um, she also publishes a magazine called Latte, facilitates thousands of new connections. Um, like the Business Chicks community has over 250 thousand people online has lots of different bits and pieces of content but that's one of the things that we ask her about in this particular interview where did it all kind of start this mm. is not like an overnight success that oh now hashtag female empowerment's a thing and somebody's going to jump on board you know with the word chicks in a in a title and yeah. some pretty pink backgrounds like make sure you get a starts, doma- you get a domain yeah and- it starts from a real um Yeah, it starts from a place of Emma really wanting to do something and really wanting to create a space that wasn't there before. And I think she lives and breathes that. I mean, now setting up the
2: business in the States, I met her at this event after the interview and she's exactly as she seems as we chatted to her. I think the thing that I most got from this chat and, and found most admirable about Emma was... Uh, the real um, power and guts I got behind her ambition and her, her drive teamed with this lovely sense of vulnerability and softness. And I, I think that's something that I'm striving for the balance of in my life and knowing that the softness and the femininity and the vulnerability is just as important as the first bit to really survive as a woman Uh, in a business kind of environment and and to be able to showcase the world the way that we can do things a bit differently rather than mirroring men.
1: Yeah, that real aggressive kind of masculine energy. You get that from her. She's got five kids, P.S. If you want, it's just like beyond, like talk about femininity. Like, oh, you follow, follow her. Her name's Emma Isaacs, um, I-S-A-A-C-S on Insta, or you can follow Business Chips Yeah, but following her life is, you know,
2: it's just interestingly, it's just interesting enough without all of the other accolades. Um, Before we get to that chat with her, we want to say a big thank you to all of our VIP posse members who have subscribed via our Patreon membership program. Basically, it is a way for you to get behind us and support us a lot of you this year asked us as we really ventured out on ourselves after uh, you know, commercial ventures that um, that you wanted to actually put some money behind the content we were doing. Our podcast channel stays completely free, but there is an opportunity for you to join some VIP programs where we discuss the show in detail, have some book giveaways, do some extra bits and pieces of, of a live here and there. Um, and for those details for you to get involved, you can see on our website or check it out on the link on our our bio on Instagram but we just always want to constantly say thank you to not just those of you that are subscribing that way but to any of you that are mm-hmm. listening um we really appreciate it but to those VIPs you make a difference you are helping us pay our producer and, and making sure that people that work with us uh you know just are looked after the way that they should be as well as us being able to make a living and support ourselves from creating content that's important to you yeah
1: it really really does mean something Mm. yeah you Mm. need to know that so thank you
2: and if you don't have the cash rating and review is fine yeah
1: no shit Mm. um hope you enjoy this chat um and yeah heaps more heaps more good shit to come right across the week too tomorrow emma isaacs um answers a posse question um as well that i think she would be she would be somebody that a lot of a lot of people a lot of women in particular would want to hear from
2: yeah so beck was very lucky that Mm. will be up on tomorrow's show but today This
1: is the interview with Emma.
2: Emma Isaacs, welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. Hi, great to be with you guys.
1: Oh, we're bloody glad you're here. It's taken us a little while to wrangle you in because, I mean, you're doing, (laughs) just conquering the world (laughs) over there. And as soon
2: as anyone says, I've hit the US, you're like, ooh, this is big time. Your new book, Winging It, is, I suppose, a lot of the things we'd want to talk to you about in a book and there's not just us that are going to be able to kind of capture some of that over the next half hour or hour or so, but people are going to be able to continue to find out about your story in this. It's just such a big achievement. Oh, thanks, lovely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose
3: it is. I'm one of these people that I'm very, very driven and I'm very determined. And the book thing was a goal that I'd had for many, many, many years, but like everything in life something always becomes a higher priority. So, yeah, I mean, look, we're really, really, really proud of it. It's being received beautifully everywhere. Um, I'm getting a ton of feedback, which is, you know, people saying it's inspiring them to do more and they're going to leave their jobs or leave their... Partners, I mean, I'm probably going to be responsible for a lot of resignations and divorces, but, um, you know, it ultimately is about, (laughs) you know, action and taking action and, and, and doing what you want to do. So, yeah, we're really, really grateful for how it's being received and there's a lot of love around it.
1: When you spoke about this being a dream for quite some time to write and publish a book... Did you have an, Did you have this Is the idea as to what you wanted to write about or had you always just been somebody that thought, I want to write a book and the idea will come? Like I'm interested, is it the chicken or the egg, which kind of mm. comes first?
3: I'm not really uh, interested in the outcome per se, but I'm interested and I feel very privileged that I'm 100% super, super clear on what my mission is um, and why I'm put on this planet and that's to make life easier and better for women. And so anything that can help me, fulfill that is a big tick for me so it's not that I kind of yeah I had a goal to write a book but you know that could have been a pivot on something else Um, but for me it's just about how can I help women live bigger lives how can I be of service to women you know I mean we um, I started Business Chicks, Well, bought the business 13 years ago now and and back then you know there were really no women's networks there there were a couple doing great work so we were kind of serving women and you know being there and supporting women before. It was kind of cool, you know, to do so. And I think the book is just one one part of that. Um, you know, we were very very lucky that um, it got the attention of a couple of publishers very very early on, and we signed a deal. And they gave me, I think it was about nine months to, to write it. And in that time, I had my fifth baby. And um, Actually, didn't. What's so
2: funny? You (laughs) know, that five babies is actually quite hilarious, particularly to Christy. (laughs) <laughs> who has not even
1: one on the radar? I'm like, oh, baby girl. I'm considering yeah. one. She's laughing at the idea of five. Like, not you know. just that, but then also having five children and writing a book oh, within nine it's months. Insane. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, it, was,
3: it was cool. You know, I mean, I, I did miss the first deadline. It was faster. Like, my um, due date for the bub was approaching. And I'm like, oh, shit, I just don't actually think I'm going to get this done. So we renegotiated a couple more months. And basically, I kept writing not through the labour, that would just be weird, but when the baby came out, I was, like, typing with one hand and the boob out and feeding her with the other. And, you know, like, we, we got it done. Like You know, I, I love a deadline and I've actually never worked for anyone else in my life, so having a publisher kind of giving me these deadlines was like really having a boss and um yeah I kind of responded well to that
2: that's nice I think it's so interesting to find even after this you've just explained that expansive kind of uh over a decade of this type of work but then you're still learning things about yourself is is so refreshing I think for myself this year I've taken a back step from having so much strategy and giving myself a bit of space to see what works what doesn't what presents itself but losing that control or or even loosening the reins a little bit can be very confronting for a personality type like me i'm just interested to know how you navigate that and how much you choose to strategize slash surrender
3: yeah i think you make a beautiful point and the point is really about control and i think and i believe that we're living in a time where we feel the need to control absolutely everything in our lives and it actually leads to us being quite stressed and um, you know being so attached to an outcome that if we don't get it mm. our whole world mm. kind of falls apart and I don't know I, I, I you know winging it is not about not planning you know I'm, I'm actually a really big planner and I manifest stuff and, and I definitely think into the future and I'd like to think I'm kind of visionary and that I absolutely know where I want to go but I am open enough to kind of go you know what like what is meant for me Will find me, and you know, that's not to get all kind of too way out and spiritual on you, but I I just believe that we need to trust more and stop trying so hard to control and to hang on to this kind of perfect picture of the way things should look. And I don't know, I've just found when you relax into. That way of being, um, it's actually counterintuitive. Thing, more things come to you, and you know, if, you, if you're not attached to an outcome, I, I feel like this whole world kind of opens up.
1: Emma, how do you practically do that? Because it is obviously a bit of a dance between the two. Because you don't want to sit around watching Oprah and then not wonder, <laughs> you know, wonder why nobody's emailing you for a job, but then also not be so attached. So have you have you struggled? Have you struggled to plan too much or struggled to plan not enough? Because I think finding that middle ground can be tricky.
3: It absolutely is tricky and and that is going to be different for you, Stace, as it is for you, Christy, and and for me. And it is a dance, as you say. There's there's no perfect formula or perfect method to find that. And it's, it's not to be confused with a lack of ambition. Um, I know the two of you are highly ambitious, and that's that's fantastic. And it's not to say that you should sit back on the couch and just watch Oprah. You know, we have to be, we have to be hustling all the time. You know, um, I'm just saying there's a way to hustle that is a lot more calm and um, you know a lot more enjoyable than just kind of running around trying to control everything, stressing ourselves out. Um, you know, I have been in business now for uh, 20 years, and no matter. you know what I am able to achieve it it just the hustle never ever ever leaves you you know I'm I I don't know I don't know if I'm articulating it well but I I don't I don't get stressed I think you asked at the start how do you do that I think it takes a lot of practice I think we are really suffering from comparing ourselves to others too much and wondering why Mm -hmm. others are getting opportunities and and we all know that's just due to social media and you know, I often say you've got to put your blinkers on and run your own race. Like it's not about what the people are doing to your left and right. You know, you are meant for your journey and you just got to put your head down and believe that it will come to you. And I don't know, when, when the timing is right, it, it will happen. Um, but yeah, I think it comes back to that contr- wanting to control everything and have this perfectly mapped out plan. And, but it's meant to be like this and, and then you get disappointed when it's not like that.
2: So you own a recruitment business You attend a small event by a group called Business Chicks. You find out it's for sale and you buy it, essentially in short. That happens many years ago. You're quite young by standards of making big decisions of buying businesses and acquiring things like that. Can you take us back to that? Was it a leap of faith? Was it something that came to you in a meditation? Was it this ability of you backing yourself because it felt right or you really appreciated what it did for you, where were you in that decision process? And, and where were you personally? Like kind of, I've got my hand on my heart here. Like where were you hmm. standing in, yeah. in, in in when you made that call
3: yeah so when i first heard about business chicks i had been yeah, working in my own recruitment company with a friend um, i certainly wasn't looking uh, elsewhere for other opportunities i was really happy we were profitable we were growing um, because i started in business so young i i started when i was 18 in that company And, you know, I'd really grown it by having an absolute focus on networking and building relationships and, you know, really working on, yeah, how I was showing up with with people, um, you know, around me. So I I was really stunned that I'd never heard of Business Cheeks because I'd heard of every single network there was out there. So I went along to that event. I fell absolutely head over heels in love with the whole concept and um, ended up buying it a few months later where was I? Um, I was going through a lot of personal change at the time. I'd just left a um, seven year relationship. I you know while I was very, very happy in in the recruitment company, there was an element of me questioning what was going to be next, and that's a really daunting. You know, task for anyone whose whole identity is tied to something and nothing else. You know, I, I was that business, that's all I knew. Yeah. And so to um, contemplate doing something else was definitely a curveball. Um, I think I was 25 or 26 at the time um, when I bought Business Chicks. It, it wasn't really that that huge a deal for me. I don't know that sounds funny, but I think as we get older, we start to. Um, you know, certainly overthink and overanalyze and get in our head, you know, much more than we do when we're younger. You know, when we're younger, we kind of shoot from the hip. You know, I felt, um, you know, I felt really, really compelled to explore the concept of business cheeks. I, you know, I felt it in my gut that this is what I needed to be doing. Um, but then I started doing what you do when you start to doubt yourself and I got a consultant um, in to look at the business and he's like there's no way this will ever work it's not actually a business you should just stick to the recruitment company Um, but you know I, I believe that we've all got to get back to kind of you know those thoughts that we get when we're excited to do something you know and I think sometimes when we want to do something we you know we lean forward and we say yep I'm going to do that but then we start to doubt and and really question um, you know our thinking and I certainly did that but I I just checked in with my gut again and knew it was the right thing for me to do and originally I just wanted to have business chicks as a little charity kind of project on the side of my recruitment business but before um, we knew it it kind of took on a life of its own and needed a lot more of my time so I exited out of that business and yeah I got, got stuck into business chicks.
2: It's so funny often in my letterbox there's only six apartments and magazines don't always fit in them And there is obviously a day that latte is sent out to people... And I see there's three lattes at the top of my. Out of six. Three oh, out of six, that's out of six so cool. mailboxes. I want to live in your, I want to live in
3: your building.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm actually quite good friends with my um, my neighbour now next door. And I've been here for a couple of years now. So you do start to get to know each other. But then there's a different level of going, oh, you're not just my neighbour. You're actually a tech you like guru that's like absolutely nailing it in your in your field. And it's just so vast is what my point is. Like it's. There's so many of us that have this kind of spark or ambition or these hopes and dreams for what we want to contribute or what we want to create and what you've been able to do is put everybody in the same space and find ways to communicate to each other. I guess what's your favourite part of what you've created? Because I think that's pretty cool for me and when I saw Latte up there I was like, God, she'd love this story. because I Yeah, you've got to send me a photo of that. I love it. Yeah, I will next time it comes. I think it's still a couple of weeks away, is it? Because I just kind of knew yeah. it was probably before I went overseas. So, yeah, awesome. um, is there something that you look back now at the moment, and it may have evolved over time or, or changed over time, is there something you look back now, what you're currently doing or what Business Chicks is currently putting out there where you go, shit, this is pretty cool?
3: Yeah, I, you know, again, it's not about the kind of end product for me. So, you know, people love coming to our events, even though events are a minority revenue stream for our business. Um, but people, it's its where people congregate, it's where they kind of, you know, get to, um, yeah, I don't know, just eyeball each other and network and, and, and connect, which is still so, so, so important. I, I think what you spoke about there, the diversity um, of the people who we kind of attract, and its it's hard to get really clear on that because our youngest member is actually 15 and our oldest is 81 would you believe and the mm, average wow. age I oh know it's insane and the average age is actually 44 um, so we often get kind of mis- mistaken for this young women's network um, but really we attract so many different people from um, you know all it's cliche but all walks of life you know I went to an event up in Sydney um, a little while back and I, I met a woman and she, she says to me I have been a Business Chicks member, um, you know, from really kind of the the year that you bought the business and I have come along to hundreds of events and she said, I'm actually writing you um, a love letter right now. Just, you know, you don't know me, we've never met, but you've impacted my (laughs) life so much. I've heard this person, that person, this person, that person. I've been to Cambodia on a leadership program. I I mean, she just, you know, sort of verbal diarrheed her whole life um, story over the past 13 years. And... That, to me, is where it's at. Like, I could not give a shit about putting on an event with a celebrity. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's great, but I have no mm-hmm. interest whatsoever in fame. Like, I'm totally addicted to successful people and, and studying people who have achieved a level of success. Like, I, that stuff just lights me up. But as for fame and celebrity, I have absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I, I just live for... Being able to impact people in a small or large way and you know that that is the that's the kind of reason why my team and I do what we do because the beauty in that is that I don't know most of these people and these stories are out there and it is that true ripple effect and you just you know what's that Instagram mean like you've got to like you just got to be careful because you never know who you're inspiring I, I love that.
1: I'm so intrigued, Emma, that um, that when you mentioned, you know, towards the beginning of this this podcast, when you said, "I've never really," what did you say? "I've never really had a real job. I've never really had a boss." Mm-hmm. Was there part of you when when finishing school or at 18, you know, and people are asking, you know, what do you want to do, or you know, like uh, how do you see yourself giving back to the world, or or what do you do? Mm. You know, like, uh, I you wish ha- I was
2: asked how to give back to the world. Yeah. I've been asked, like, how hey, you going to make a buck?
1: Yeah. You know, even
2: that, you know, you, you get put all these different things in your head. I find
1: that, I find that so impressive, especially as an 18-year-old, when all this kind of stuff's jammed down your throats and, you know, some people listening have done this uni course because they're told that's what you're supposed to do or taken this job because that's, you know, they pays good money. Mm. At 18, were you that clear on, now nah, I'm just... I think I'm gonna go in this direction and and I can figure this out as I as I kind of go
3: yeah no I wasn't clear at all I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up and you know I did do that thing of going to uni and you know trying to um, you know seek the approval of my parents my peers my family like I come from a very 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 academic family and you know, I went to, I was born and raised in Sydney, but went to a opportunity class It's like a kind of gifted and talented thing, and then went to a selective high school. And yeah, I did, you know, very academic kind of upbringing and, um, you know, come from a family of educators, they're all teachers and principals and the whole thing. So for me to drop out of uni after six months was a really, really, really big deal in my family. And it wasn't like I dropped out of uni and went, great, I know what I'm going to do now. I had no clue, but I just knew that I wasn't going to get where I wanted to go by um, going to uni and by that point I'd probably read oh like I reckon 25 to 30 business biographies Um, I just was really obsessed with studying successful people and so having had that experience at a really really young age and then going into the kind of conventional tertiary education I was like "Mm, this doesn't kind of ring true from what I'm reading about all these self-made people you know who a lot of them Mm. did drop out of uni or college a lot of them did come from no money um, but were able to find their way through you know I just I just had a sense that you know being in this kind of linear uh, you know education path was not going to work for me I needed to jump off quite quickly there is an element of luck that happens to all of us in our careers and you know I was able to Um, you know I met someone out socially and she just started a recruitment company and you know we got talking and that's kind of how it how it all started Um, but no I I mean I didn't know what the word entrepreneur meant I didn't have any small business operators in my family Um, you know I I think I knew what I was kind of I had some cute you know clues as to what I was a a little bit good at Um, and I think you've got to let that inform some of the decisions you make but but again it comes back to that thing of we we attach too much to the What's the what's the end game? What's the title? What's the pay? You know, it's like it's a little bit superfluous um, at times because you know I know when I started with that rec- recruitment company, you know I think I was on twenty four or twenty seven thousand dollars a year, and like I, it, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. Like I just thought, you know, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how She's valuable. Make it work. Yeah, mm. I'm just, and, and I think we. We lose a bit of that. We've lost a bit of that along the way, you know, that kind of, that that grit or something that, yeah, that we all need to get ahead.
2: One of my challenges has been that there's always got to be more, you know, there's this mm. idea that there's more, we're missing out on more. When you spoke about that, I guess that point where you went, okay, these people are writing this type of thing, university doesn't feel right for me. Have you had a personality trait that's been consistent from those days to now? By the sounds of it, it sounds like you always had a fairly fairly clear idea of who you were and that's just my kind of perception on the outside but is there something that you've kind of said or or that's held true within you all of these years that's something that's quite consistent uh tenacity right I I think
3: that we all give up a little bit too easily and I am one of those people that just will not give up until I get a yes. And that's not to say that I'm aggressive, I'm absolutely not, I'm very uh, kind of gentle with my approaches, but um, you know, I, I talk about in the book, you know, I, I, um, I bought my first property when I was 19 and I got turned down by nine lenders, um, they just said, no way, you're too young, you don't earn enough money, and I just kept on saying, that's cool, I'll just keep going until I can get a yes. Um, you know when we brought Seth Godin to Australia for the first time I uh not hassled but I I you know um was in contact him with him for eight years before he said yes um you know oh, I, wow. I can give you a hundred a hundred examples that's of fairly, that that's yeah. fairly that's fairly
2: strong yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 10 lone people Seth Godin yeah. of an eight-year relationship yeah yeah okay that's a fairly good example <laughs>
3: Um, but, you know, like, I, th- I, think, I think we do that. I think we go, oh, um, you know, you asked for something and, you know, hey, can I, I don't know, Can you, let's just make it up, um, f- can you feature me in your magazine and you get a no and you go, oh, damn, like I tried that and it didn't work and so we move on. It's like, well, I, I just kind of always see it as my job to creatively get them to say yes and, and most people would give up on the first no, but I'm like, I just don't take it personally. I just think, okay, cool, like how can I let that fuel my next attempt and you know I think we lack that staying power and we also are so self-conscious and we're so embarrassed to kind of ask for what we want and yeah I don't know I mean I, I'm, I'm thinking of some situations in my life right now uh, two in particular where I've where I've gotten no's and I've just kind of in my little head gone mm, nah you're gonna say yes <laughs> and pretty soon I think um, it's hard as well
2: <laughs> when you don't because I think it was easier us trying to get kind of a show off the ground I suppose for many years it was very easy when you had the nothing there was just the challenge and almost the motivation that you were like I'm gonna prove I'm gonna get there and then it's interesting when you get something that you want but that doesn't turn out the way you Mm. want it's a completely different challenge because you now go well does that mean that it's over does that mean it's out does that mean it's you know because you it's almost like that beginning point of you achieving it is gone. Mm. So now you're really set in for this challenge of longevity, you know. And I think that that's, that's actually probably one of the harder things. So when you talk about things by eight years, what do you think has given you the ability to have tenacity? Is it the vision that you know what you want? Is it the idea that you are committed to this long term? What do you think is what fueled the tenacity?
3: I think that when I know that I'm capable of something, um, I will just back myself until the very end. So, you know, I knew with the Seth Godin example that we could give him an exceptional experience and I could kind of visualize how it would look and I, I could see him... In having the best time with us. So I'd already kind of painted that picture so clearly in my mind that it, it wasn't like it was never going to happen. It was just always going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And, you know, I knew I was capable of being able to start my property investment journey. So I, I think when you have a core belief that you're actually capable of something, mm. um, it's difficult to kind of not have that align. And it, it, you know, it might, I don't know what examples you guys are drawing on, but it might take 10 years longer than you think. Um, but if you want it that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you want it that badly, it's completely available to you.
1: It mm. sounds. It sounds. To the me word like so "available" much. is lovely too. Yeah.
2: You know, because often it's not used in a place where you get rejection.
1: Mm. It sounds sure. to me like so much of this, and it's, it's so interesting. It's. Um, I feel like so much of life goes back to self worth. Would that be a bit of a starting point? You'd think for people that kind of go, mm, I think I might have this idea, or I think, you know, like, do you think a lot of that goes back to that kind of self-evaluation
3: yeah I mean it's it's got to but I think it's doesn't you don't necessarily have to be born with that I mean it's something that I work on every single day and it's something that I falter with every single day it's not like I wake up every morning going oh I'm amazing I can do anything it's um you know it's it's something that I yeah I really have to work hard I mean I, I have a I have a very strong sense of purpose I think that's um can be more valuable at times than, um, I don't know, self-esteem. Um, I think I have a team who, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of believe in them and us more than just me, you know, so it's it's never about, you know, I, I mean, I, I can do this. It's, it's more about, you know, I know I have the resources and the people around me and the smarts to be able to pull something off. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think I do have a fairly healthy level of self-worth but it's something that I think like everyone I have to work on every single day and there is that voice that comes in every now and then saying who do you think you are trying to do this you know and um, mm. it, that that's unfortunately probably natural for, for most of us um, and it's in those times that I kind of turn to my team and I, I, I am really I'm a very honest person I'm very um, you know it's like a buzzword obviously but I try and be very vulnerable in my Workplace and with my my team, you know, and I'm always the first person to put up my hand and say, "I don't know what that means," or I, "I don't understand that. Can you explain more?" And I think I think my people respect me for that honesty. It's I never ever go into a meeting or, um, you know, any sort of business situation appearing like I know everything. And I think the day you do that is the day you start to shut down learning. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to think that I'm a person who's very very open. And, and opens themselves up to opportunities and to learning um and, yeah, I'd like to think I had a base of, of pretty, pretty strong self-esteem. But, again, it's something that I've, I've really worked on hard over the years.
2: Before we head to, we just have a, a listener question that we'd love to ask you if, if you'd be interested. Beck yeah. has actually written in about a job scenario. But can you give us some examples of how you work on that? I think it's really important for everybody to kind of piece that together, especially if you're starting, you know, often people look at all different types of examples in front of them And it it isn't clear. You know, is it there a meditation ritual? Do you do therapy? Do you have a special date night with a friend or a partner or Mm. is there things that kind of allow you to kind of I guess put fuel in that self-worth car that that you can share with us yeah
3: so yep I do therapy every single week um I mean it's a I have a business coach that I meet with every single week it sort of you know descends into not descends but it turns into (laughs) my girlfriend just got
2: one of those she was like wow this is everything she's like (laughs) very happy with that as well
3: no it's awesome I mean I've I've always had business I mean there's been a few periods in in my career That I haven't had them, um, you know, for not being able to, thinking I couldn't afford it or didn't have the time, whatever. But pretty much for my whole career, I've had a business coach. And so I do um, a weekly session with her. And then every alternate week, I also have a weekly session with my husband and I and that same coach. And that's been phenomenal for us just to create the space um, to talk about different things. And because she works with us both individually and as a couple, she's able to kind of call out behaviours and reasons why we... um, you know, acting the way we are or thinking the way we are. And I think that's been really, really useful. And and everything that happens in business circles back to, you know, your your self-beliefs and most of your Mm. self-beliefs come from your family of origin stuff and how you were brought up and the messages you were taught in your childhood. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's therapy. It's unraveling and unpacking all that stuff. And it's messy work it's not fun like i mostly cry in those sessions and that's really fantastic (laughs) and and like i'm i have no shame (laughs) shame in saying that you know it's it's great you know it's um it's not easy it's a release but it's a release and and that's really helped me a lot meditation i mean i have five kids you guys i um you know like there's i don't know i i maybe meditate when i push them on the swings in the park for like 20 seconds but um Mm. Yeah, that's not really my thing, but I think talking a lot and talking things out with the people who are closest to you, and, and yeah, um, the coaching has really, really helped me for sure.
2: Well, that's brilliant. Um, the book is called "Wing It." Winging it. Um, it drives on. It drives from all kinds of different stories of many successful people, as well as as yourself. I really love the line. There's a bit of a um, a blurb that we've been sent, but it. It says protect your time for the things that matter. I think that's such an important one for chicks in particular. Mm. Um, so you can buy it in bookstores or online um, at the website and find Emma on her social accounts at Emma Isaacs or at Business Chicks. It's been a pleasure. We'd love you to stick around and answer a question that Beck sent through before we let you go. Love But to. thank you so much, Emma. You girls are great. Thanks for your time.
1: love this podcast but you want to chat about it more make sure you go to the thinker girls on facebook uh, that's obviously us and insta because that's where we're going to be continuing this convo with you posse yes we want to know what you
2: think posse so every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media so you have an opportunity to share your opinions plus we're on insta stories every damn day so you
1: get to come along with us for this crazy tg ride
2: yeah Merce. head to facebook instagram snapchat or even twitter to find us